legends, welcome along to Hellmouth Hotline. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart, and we're getting into a little review here on Angel, Season 1, Episode 3, uh, In the Dark. This is titled, and it picks up pretty much directly after the, the prior episode of the podcast where I reviewed that episode of Buffy where Spike was trying to get his hands in the gem of Amara. Gets his ass handed to him, and at the end of that episode, Buffy was sent in the ring off to LA for Angel to have. So, at the beginning of the episode, Spike turns up in LA, hoping once again to get his hands on the gem of Amara. Uh, the episode opens up with a young woman getting, well, she's running down an alley, getting chased by someone, but she's puzzled. She stops, she looks around, there's no one there. And she hides for a bit. And when she gets up to head on her way, a man grabs her from behind, starts threatening her, and she slaps her to the ground, telling her he can't take it anymore. This is her boyfriend, Lenny, strung out in drugs. Um, whatever the score is between these two, uh, we don't get to find out much other than he is an abusive boyfriend. And... Uh, he gets high, takes out his anger and horror, and uh, it comes to a head at the beginning of this episode. Whenever he pulls a gun, he's going to kill her on the spot, puts it to her head, and he's about, just about to pull the trigger. Angel pops out of the woodwork and knocks his arm up in the air, sending the shot high. Angel then takes the gun off him and knocks him unconscious with one brittle punch. Um, we cut to the top of a, a building across the alleyway and stand on the rooftop as Spike. And he's watching Rachel thank Angel in the alley. And we're seeing it from the perspective of the top of the building so you can see the two of them talking to each other. Angel, he's, you know, arm gestures and she's... You know, moving about and whatnot, hands in the hips and whatnot. Um, Spike, he starts to do his own narration of what the two of them are saying. Oh, thank you, stunning Hulk of a man or whatever. And I'm not even going to go into the details of what Spike comes out with in this, but I laughed my ass off at one of the things that he said. Which, as far as today's culture is concerned, it's, there's a word that he drops at the beginning of this episode that is would be blanked out on TV these days. And the only reason I say that is because I was watching a show literally a couple of nights ago with my brother. We were sitting having dinner and he brought up this classic episode from whatever happened to the likely lads and there was a word in that episode which is the same word that was in this angel episode that was literally bleeped out by the tv channel things are changing so much now that there's some words just can't be used anymore and one of them happens in this episode so i'm pretty sure i'll be very curious 
just after having watched that old episode of whatever happened to the likely lads and that word getting blanked out if this episode was re-aired now would they do the same that's really weird for me you know some of the things that they are censoring these days is when you compare it to other things in TV that aren't censored by today's standards the stuff that they're censoring from back in the 70s and 80s and whatever is really there's no comparison one is stuff that they're not censoring now visually is a lot worse and verbally some things are a lot worse too but there's just there's some taboo words can't be said again one's dropped at the beginning of this episode so uh, it is hilarious in the way that it's done but you have to be when you're online like me creating content you have to be respectful to the people that uh, don't want to hear that sort of stuff anymore regardless of how I would feel in the situation um, we cut over to well we get the intro to the episode then and I love the intro music to this show uh, we cut to inside Oz's van he's listening to an LA rock station and he turns up at Angel's Bolden and inside there Cordelia gleefully prints up an invoice for case with this woman Rachel their first paying customer and uh, Oz opens the door and walks in she's thrilled to see her old Sonny Deal pal and after Angel and Oz is like they are when they meet Oz as you know he's one of these guys as a man of few words like one word answers and whatnot, and when him and Angel come face to face, they have a, a brief conversation back and forth, and it's just a few words on each side. And uh, yeah, it's Doyle. He's like, you were there always this chatty. So Oz tells Angel that he's there primarily for a gig, but he has something that Angel, uh, Angel, he has something that Buffy wanted Angel to have. Angel recognises it straight away as the gem of Amara. Doyle also recognises it and explains that the ring is a priceless talisman which renders the wearer 100% unkillable if he's a vampire. That means, of course, if you listen to the last podcast, it means if Angel could put the ring on and he could... Uh, among other things, go out into the daylight, uh, you know, fire, whatever, won't kill him. And Oz tells Angel that Buffy wanted him to have it. And he also says she's doing good just being Buffy. Um, as the others leave to go to the pub, uh, Angel stays behind and he decides to hide the ring under a loose brick in one of the sewer tunnels that he uses to get about during the day. Um, the next morning at the Angel Investigations offices, Rachel phones during Angel's Tai Chi practice to say that Lenny has been released on a technicality, and Angel promises he'll be right over, but before he can get on this car, Sp- Spike pops up, ambushes him in the parking garage, and the two of the vampires have a 
bit of a fist fight in a few words. Angel defeats Spike very, very easily. Uh, Cordelia and Doyle rush back to uh, back up their friend. Uh, Spike recognises and greets Cordelia. And he's like, come on, Cordelia, you look great. <laughs> uh, but then he threatens Angel one last time before disappearing off. Um, Angel, now worried about his friends, uh, tells Cordelia she must stay with Doyle. Kiss Spike decides to make him make her a target. She doesn't want to stay at Doyle's house, but Angel, he's like, he knows you. If he wants, he can find you. you know, go stay with Doyle. Uh, Angel meets Rachel at her apartment, and he listens to her story and encourages her to leave Lenny permanently. So you know it's going to be hard, but it's it's the thing. It's the best thing to do in the long run. Um, back at Doyle's apartment, uh, Cordelia, she's given him a little bit of a abuse for the state of his place. Uh, how can you love him? A disgusting shithole, I guess. And, you know, Cord- uh, Doyle, he's like, well, I didn't until I seen what you did with your place and I had to call my decorator straight away. So there's there's a good back and forth between the two of these characters. Um, on a tip from one of Doyle's contacts, Angel chases and corner spike and at the dead end blocked by a chain link fence um, hands locked behind his head spike turns to surrender himself but suddenly a white shirted figure wearing wearing a long chain over his head appears from around the corner and angel finds himself caught up with his chain around his neck and on his back in the ground with uh, yeah completely at the mercy of Spike's smiling henchman back at the Doyle's apartment Cordelia and Doyle they, they're worried that Angel hasn't checked in uh, meanwhile he's suspended by long chains from the ceiling of a large warehouse and Spike he introduces him to as a captor this vampire called Marcus he's a, a master torturer with a dark dark side now the when this series was conceived the spin off the Buffy what they wanted to do was have a show that could be a little bit darker in places and they go to a dark dark place with this character Marcus in this episode um, they don't say it by name what he is but as they say that he's got a taste for children let's just put it that way he likes to kill children and other nasty things is the way Spike puts it and of course when Angel hears this even though he's chained he tries his hardest to hit Spike so this guy Marcus playing classical music uh very reserved, he prepares his instruments while Spike re- you know, goes over some of the, the highlights from Marcus's gr- gruesome, uh, you know, whatever he has done up to this point. Uh, to begin, Marcus inspects Angel inside and out and then asks, what does he want? Uh, Angel's defiant, Marcus steps over, uh, 
returns with a red hot poker, which he rams through Angel's abdomen. Uh, time begins to pass by as Marcus works into the rhythm of hurting Angel and different torture techniques. And he keeps asking Angel what he wants. And when Angel doesn't tell him, he does something else to hurt him again. Um, Spike, he's getting annoyed and breaking off a stake. Spike threatens to dust Angel. And you know, if my old sire doesn't tell me what I know, what I'll, I'll stake him right here and now. And of course, that's not going to help him get the gem of Amara. Um, that's what Marcus points that out. Uh, Angel, therefore, also knows that Spike is bluffing. And Spike tosses the stake to the floor. Angel takes advantage uh, of their reprieve to tell Spike that he's an idiot for believing that Marcus, a vampire, has no interest in obtaining the gem of Amara for himself. And Spike answers, dismissing, uh, you know, I hired a guy that doesn't care about the interest. He, the, the gem of Amara, he's just interested in taking people apart piece by piece. Uh, then the classical music starts again. Uh, Spike then taunts Angel of his own obsession with Buffy, recounting what happened on a recent rebound disaster. And you know, saying, ah, I bumped a little buff. Uh, she's doing pretty good, jumping the bones of the first lunkhead that came along, and he used her shamelessly and whatnot. Uh, just to really get under Angel's skin, that's his weak point. Uh, Buffy. Uh, Spike wants to go at him was often that's probably going to do it um, Marcus begins the classical music again uh, Spike rolls his eyes and he leaves to get some air he just wants to get away from the, the music more than anything else uh, Marcus plunges another hot poker into Angel um, Spike listening to the screams from Angel he smiles and says now that's music and uh, yeah Marcus then starts to he's got a gun handgun he starts to shoot holes in the, the the ceiling of the warehouse so that angel agonized by any movement must stretch and hold himself to the limit of his chains to avoid getting burned by sunlight so he's a nasty nasty piece of work um Spike then, as he as he's left the building, he decides he's going to head over to Angel's place and see if he can find the gem of Amara. And he's confronted by Cordelia and Doyle, and they're armed, waiting behind the door on him. And Spike tells him that if they want Angel to love, they must find the ring of Amara for him and turn it over before sundown. Uh, so there, I'm gonna, they're caught in a hard place now where they're going to find this thing and it's, it's down in one of the, the, the sewer, rat infested sewer tunnels that Angel uses to get about in the daytime. Uh, meanwhile, Angel endures the abrupt removal of two pokers and makes Marcus believe he's about to break and he lures Marcus closer whispering that what he wants most is forgiveness. Uh, Marcus comes near enough for Angel to make his move and he has managed to get hold of Spike's 
discarded stake that Spike was going to use to, or threatened to kill, threatened to use to kill Angel earlier on. He has that stuck between, he's holding up between uh, his shoes and he tries to lunge his feet up in the air towards Marcus to stake him. Uh, yeah, so Marcus at this point loses all control and starts beating on Angel. Uh, suddenly reappearing, Spike grabs Angel's feet and disarms him from the the stake. Uh, sorry, I got that back to front. Yeah, he tries to stake Marcus with the stake between his feet. Uh, Spike pops up, stops us from having him. That's when Marcus loses all control and starts punching Angel uh, before Spike moves him out of Angel's reach. And he selects a pair of needle nose pliers and he's like, I'll give you a bit of a help here. And we cut to like a, sh a shot of the outside of the warehouse and you hear Angel screaming one more time. So they're going to town on him in this episode. Um, back at the uh, apartment, Angel's apartment, Cordelia Doyle, they're having no luck trying to find this gem of Omar in the apartment. So uh, they head off down into the sewers and Cordelia, she's dismayed that they, the two really have a long search ahead of them with little time. But however, uh, Doyle, he lets Cordelia turn the next bend into the tunnel ahead of them. And he quickly uses his demon senses and, you know, he, his face changes to like green and all these like spikes all over his face and he has his demon senses whenever he does that so he, he snuffs then his face changes back to human of course he's half human half demon Doyle if you didn't know spoilers um, so he quickly works out where the ring's at just by smelling and grabs it from below the brick um, claiming that's just good luck. Uh, all they need now is a plan. Uh, so before sundown, they meet Spike at the the spot where he told them to meet them at. Um, they demand to see Angel before they reveal where they've stashed the ring. Uh, Spike reluctantly agrees and takes them to where he and Marcus are holding Angel, now barely conscious. Uh, he says he's alive, but in one piece, was never part of the deal. Uh, Spike gloatingly admits that he has no intention of going through with the trade uh, Doyle pulls the ring the gem of Amara out of his pocket and throws it across the warehouse floor and just as Spike goes to reach for it he's forced to duck and roll when Oz smashes through the warehouse door with his van and from the, the driver's window Oz holds Spike and Marcus at bay with two crossbows until Cordelia and Doyle can get Angel into the back of the van. And once that's done and they're safe, Oz jams in reverse, gets the van out of the warehouse, and they make a, a run for it. So Spike is then looking for the ring only to find that it's disappeared, and so has Marcus. And this is Spike finally realises that Angel was indeed right. Uh... This is a vampire. The ring is going to make him unstoppable, unkillable. 
you really think he's just going to be happy with the, the tormenting? And, uh, yeah, so uh, that's it for Spike on this episode. He's just like, that's it from now on, like lone wolf, no more partners. Uh, and just at that, he, he's having this big mad speech to himself about how he doesn't need anybody anymore and he's going to do this, that and the other. And then a beam of the sunlight that's coming on through one of the holes that Mark has shot in the roof uh, sets fire to Spike's hair. And he's like, I hope the two of them kill each other. Kill each other. And that's the last we see of Angel. Or Angel. That's the last we see of Spike in this episode. And we cut to Marcus as he walks out onto the street and under direct sunlight without injury. And... Uh, yeah, so the problem we have now is Angel has been tormented. He's not in good shape. Uh, Doyle and Cordelia, they're trying to work on his injuries. Uh, however, Angel wants Oz to turn the van around so he can track down Marcus. And he realises what's going to happen. As we said earlier in the episode, this guy has a thing for kids. And it's not, you know, killing them isn't the top of his agenda. Let's just put it that way. It's the middle of the daytime. And everybody's like, you know, what can you do? The sun's up. You know, unless you're going to change your act to Human Torch. We're going to have to wait the midnight. Or wait the sun down. But uh, Angel tells him, look... He's got a thing for kids. We need to go find him. And at that, no more arguments. They turn around and head for... They track him down pretty quick. Um, Marcus, he's making his way along the boardwalk until he spots a group of Cub Scouts and uh, at a vending cart. And he's focused on the children so much so... He doesn't realise to the last second that Oz drives straight down the middle of the boardwalk and using the van's speed and size of it to knock the invincible vampire flying. Cordelia gets out. She takes a shot at him with a crossbow, but of course he's protected by the ring at this point. And he just pulls the the arrow, whatever you would call it, uh, out of his chest and throws it away. Doyle then tries beating him back, but he's quickly beat to the side. Uh, back at the van, Oz is at the side door, and he is asking Angel, are you sure you want to do this? And Angel nods his head. He jumps out of the van, runs towards Marcus, bursts in the flames. Of course, he's a vampire, not wearing the, the gem of Amara, so he's susceptible to sunlight. So he catches fire. And just as he does so, he jumps at Marcus and pulls him, throws the two, the two of them off the end of the boardwalk into the water. So this saves Angel from dying at this point. And luckily for him, the last fight between the two of them is underneath the boardwalk. So he's protected by the shadow of the, the boardwalk. And just to digress slightly a little second, you know, this is the second time we've seen something like this in this episode. And, you know, Spike, he was standing between a couple of skyscrapers in LA. 
and broad daylight but he's in the shadows and I'm kind of thinking to myself is that enough protection for a vampire from sunlight you know, of course you would think there'd be some sort of heat damage at least but <laughs> I digress it's just one of these things you sort of you see it in a show and you think to yourself I wonder so that's where I that's what I wonder at there uh, you know direct sunlight's going to kill them but you know even though we're not on the direct sunlight, they're bound to be getting some sort of bounce from the light. You know, it's that's that's one of these things that just runs through my head. And it would drive you slightly insane if you let it. So I try not to. Um under the bridge they're fighting Marcus again, protected by the gem of Amara. Uh until Angel There's one point where Angel throws him through uh a beam, like a, a board, wooden board, and it breaks off into like a huge stake, and he impales Marcus on it, and Marcus just starts laughing at him, those things right through his chest, right through his back, through his chest, and Angel simply walks up and says, you didn't break me Marcus, and he rips the ring off his finger, and at that, of course Marcus it's just dust. He's dead. Um, Angel slides the ring onto his own hand, steps out into the sunlight, and enjoys a moment on the beach, just taking it in. It's been a couple hundred years since he was in the sunlight, so he's that's a real moment for him. That evening, Angel is on top of the building that his office is, is in, and he's watching the sunset. And two Doyle's uh, dismay, let's just say. Angel's decided not to keep the ring. And Angel tries to explain his feeling that the, the gem of Amar only appears to be redemption he's seeking for. And that keeping it would somehow make him forget about the many people that are forced to live in the darkness, and you know, if I start walking in the daytime, why forget about the lost faces trapped in the nighttime? And at that, he takes, uh, he says, he takes the, just as the last beams of the sun disappear, he takes the ring off, sets it in the wall in front of him, and he lifts a brick and destroys the gem of Amara, so no one can have it here. Um, Doyle then remembers that Rachel called to say thanks and that she found a little faith. That is something that Angel said there earlier in the episode. It's just like, you know, you need to have a little bit of faith in yourself. And uh, yeah, so at the end of the episode, we get a close out there where she seems to have found a bit of peace, got rid of the boyfriend in some way, shape or form. And uh, at that news, Angel smiles and he tells Doyle that he had a pretty good day. You know, except for the bulb of it where I was nearly tortured to death. And together they leave the, the rooftop and head down the stairs. And that's where the episode closes out. Absolutely brilliant. It was handled, as I say now, there's a few things in there in that episode where at the very beginning I was talking about there's a, there was a word dropped by Spike that uh, I did see literally a couple of days ago censored out of an old TV show 
that back in the day whenever that TV show came out would have been like prime time viewing, family time viewing, you know, it was, that's, that's crazy. Um, but the way they dealt with the the need that the character Marcus had, and I don't want to say the word, because it's just, I don't want to give it any power, be giving it a name, but uh, the way they dealt with that subject matter in this episode was very tastefully done and the fact that when all the heroes discovered this and that this vampire needed to be taken out right now and the fact that you know probably at this point in the day it was only maybe two or three hours away from sundown um the fact that they turned and headed out in the middle of broad daylight with a, a susceptible vampire take this guy out it was fantastic unreal brilliant show I've got a lot of time for the the spin off this for me I'm enjoying Buffy the Vampire Slayer don't get me wrong but for me it was never as good as it was in season 2 now uh, I may change my perspective on that as we're going through now and watching the episodes for the sake of this podcast. But uh, yes, season two for me was the highlight of the entire run. Um, but Angel, all five seasons of this show are flipping fantastic. It hits me just right. Uh, I love the concept of a hero character that has a darkness to them. I think that's fantastic. The fact that this is a vampire that was cursed to have his human soul returned to him. So it's not just the fact that he's got a darkness to him. It's the fact that he's... Essentially what a vampire is in this universe is a person gets killed by a vampire. They're made to drink the vampire's blood uh, before they die. And that pretty much ejects the human soul out of the body and a demon takes up residence within the body and off that goes with the the person's memories and everything in there so uh, the fact that this character not just having a darkness but has his soul returned to his body so there's actually a constant battle going on within and you do get to see that explored a little bit in the series as we head on, um, fantastic, absolutely brilliant, love the character of Angel, um, it's always a highlight to have Spike back on it, and that's something to look forward to in season 5 of Angel, because Spike comes back as a regular cast member for the 5th season, unreal, class, right, I have talked long enough, if I keep going any longer, this podcast is going to be longer than the actual episode of the show that I'm talking about. So at that state, at that rate of going, you're just probably better off watching the episode of Angel and forgetting about the podcast altogether. But if you haven't, and you're still here at this point, you're absolute legends. I love you to pieces. And whatever you're doing, I hope you're doing it safely. And I will talk to you in the next one. This has been a production of Coins Age Media. Thank you so much for listening.